as we grow older, some people just live their entire lives fitting into this one, I'm a man box and never steer away from fully expressing themselves. And that's scary. And when you're constantly trying to conform to somebody else's values and norms that aren't yours, you constantly detach yourself from yourself. And that's stressful and that's painful. And your soul is asking you, what the hell are you doing? Why are you doing that? That doesn't feel good to you. Stop doing that. And you're like, well, society told me it's right though. So I'm probably gonna go with that. Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast, a space designed to help redefine what it means to be a powerful man in the modern era. I'm your co-host CK. And I'm A-squared. And today we're going to talk about alpha, beta, and sigma males, and what that even means, because it's a confu- it seems to be a confusing topic. But before we even bother talking about that, you always know what it is. Moochek! Hey, yo, Coach Kyle, how you feeling today, man? What's the vibes? The vibe is high. We're doing a lot of great stuff today. We got a lot of great content coming your way, gentlemen. And so I'm just excited to talk about these concepts because something we mentioned a long time ago is we're learning as you're learning. And learning fuels me. I love learning. I love learning new topics, new things. And, you know, this morning uh, I journaled a little bit and I wrote there for some reason. I decided to write. Today is going to be full of miracles. I don't know why the word miracles came to my mind, but that's just where we are. And so I feel like right now, men, we're creating some miracles for you. So Gma turned 100, didn't ooh, you? Oh, yes. Yeah. At the time of this recording, my Gma just turned 100, and, which is powerful. Japanese genes. I feel good about that. I might have told man. her I'm going to live longer than her in the video call last night. <laughs> <laughs> and then I kind of said, I'll be 101, which implied she might pass away soon. So I, I recorrected myself. <laughs> but I'm Coach feeling good. God, we can't just Oof. celebrate the 100. Hey, know, Competition runs. It's deep. It's deep. It's deep. How are you, baby? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Time of this recording is winter's hitting for us. So mm. it's getting colder out. I I feel like the I like the winter. I like seasons in Canada because there's different times like in your mind mentally, it's like, mm-hmm. I know what winter represents. It's like the grind and like getting after it. And I like the grind. The grind to me is like times where you move your life forward and you advance and summer, there's a little bit of that rejoice and you kind of celebrate some of that, you know, with the winter grind. And, mm-hmm. and so it, yesterday was definitely cold. It's like, it, it was, the grind was staring me right in the face yesterday. <laughs> so, um, but other than that, I'm, I'm feeling good. I feel healthy. Uh, you know, there's the pandemic going on still and people are getting more and more locked down and I'm having more and more conversations with my friends and just talking to them on the phone and just really keeping tabs with, you know, all my close family and friends and just, just, just being a soundboard. There's no real answer right now, right? Like there's not a definitive answer for any of the problems. All you can do is be there for people right now and just have those conversations. And so just doing that and, you know, I feel like my family's in a good place and my friends are in a good place and I'm happy. So no complaints. And do you feel like this winter makes you feel more in a grind mode because it's locked down in quarantine or is it normally that way for you? Cause usually winter from what I know is, you know, holidays and it's not that necessarily always a time to grind and get things done. It's usually like a space of relaxation, but mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on your level. Like I, I see as you can't do really anything, but be at home. So why not push the needle forward? Uh, explain that. Why, why, why do you feel that way? For me, it's the winter's always been a grind. Just this, it, it gets dark early. It's you know, like ev- everything about the winter just feels like little daylight savings. 
daylight. You know, what I mean? so to me, but this year especially, I think this year there's nothing to do but to focus on yourself and the grind. And um, it's like all you want to do is kind of get. For me, I just want to move the needle far enough so that whatever this pandemic time, whatever this this 2020 time is, is, is that I've just moved some of the things in my life forward. And I'm someone who strives off goals. I'm someone who strives off of growth. And so for me, I'm always going to find a way to manipulate the universe's problems and adversity to find a way to grow out Mm -hmm. of it, you know? So, um, I think there's times where you take it and you just kind of sit there and you have to figure it out. And that was where I was at in March, but now I'm definitely in growth, the growth stage. And this podcast is an example of continuing to kind of push forward and continue to create and not let the environment dictate how you, you know, you, you move. So, Amen. Amen. There you have it. A squared making moves. Watch out. All right, guys. So today getting into today's topic, we said we're working off last week's PQ, which is, are you an alpha, a beta or a sigma male? Now, before a squared, I ask you this question. We might as well get into the definitions or at least the Google definitions. There are many out there of each concept. So we're just going to run with one. So an alpha male is considered a dominant male animal in a particular group or a man tending to assume a dominant or domineering role in social or professional situations. So that's an alpha, okay? Beta is uh, a man who was quite moderate in his life, a subordinate male animal, if you will, and a man tending to assume a passive or subservient role in social or professional situations. So, you know, think of A as in like, you get an A and B as in, well, you get a B. That's kind of often how those two are looked at. And then a Sigma, one that isn't often talked about, is a man who lives outside the hierarchy, doing his own thing, dancing to his own beat. So similar to an alpha, in the sense he's got a lot going on, just chooses to be outside the hierarchical structure. So with those definitions, A squared, are you an alpha? Are you a beta? Or Sigma. You're going to try and put me in a box like that, man? (laughs) Compartmentalizing, baby. I'm just following society's rules. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Honestly, I think I'm a bit of all three. I think I'm 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 trail mix, baby. I'm the the trail mix version of this. Because I don't think that I'm one or the other. I think that I aim to be an alpha the most. Mm. When I was younger, especially. I think that that was the one that was the most glamorized. That was the most popular. Anytime you saw the word alpha male, it was like the 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 statue of what everyone was trying to be. Mm. Um, and so, in, ter- in terms of like the stigma, oh sigma stigma. Um, in terms <laughs> of like the stigma of beta, I always just saw beta as kind of the second fiddle. Um, you want, it wasn't someone that you aimed to be, but it was someone that a place where people would push you. Mm. If you didn't fit the alpha, they'd be like, you're more of a beta, but even though you were classified as a beta, you were fighting to get back to alpha status, mm. you know, as quick as possible. Um, what does that even mean then? When you were younger, you said alpha. What did you have to do to be an alpha? I think it's to be like confident, overconfident. I think a lot of men see it from the women's perspective too, like very desired. Mm. Um, like the alpha male was someone who was very desired and the beta male was like in that concept of nice guy and like, you know, um, whatever. The beta was the nice guy who finishes last narrative. So you didn't want to fit that description. Mm. Um, and then the alpha was like that natural leader, confident, um, outgoing, could enter a room and was very un- unwavering in terms of like, whether they were speaking to men or speaking to women, they were just kind of confident throughout where the nice guy felt like really cared about the opinion of the other person, which is kind of where the, the beta, which is kind of where I actually fit mm. most of the time. Other than the fact that I did feel like a natural leader, you know, I felt like if an alpha wasn't in the room and there wasn't anyone to lead the room that I was always willing to lead the room, but I try to lead it in, you know, a more 
thoughtful, more caring kind of, you know, um, I always was outgoing, but I wouldn't say that I had that, like the feminine side of it, you know, mm. where it's like, you're an alpha male because you're very desirable and all of those kind of qualities. So that's why I would say I'm a trail mix, but I think Sigma is the one that's definitely slept on. Mm. And the independence of Sigma is definitely where I grew. I would say like once I kind of left high school and university, Sigma is the one I kind of resonated the most with because it was more so that independence, that kind of like that going, going through life kind of to that own beat that you're just kind of creating and those kind of things. Um, I like that idea because I, I wasn't in a, I guess, a competitive state anymore where you were competing with other people. It was more about just like be the best version of yourself. Who cares what's going on over there? Um, but what would you resonate more with? Well, when I came across all these spaces, I didn't even really know what anything was other than alpha. Uh, I just assumed alpha was the way to go. And turns out there's a lot more than just an alpha out there. Right. The, for the guys listening, these are just simply characteristics or like personality types that were created a long time ago. So these aren't to say that like you have to be put in a compartmentalized box, but that's kind of how society often likes to look at things and trail mixes aren't looked at as good thing that's like what are you yeah what do you mean you don't define with anything like that's confusing Mm -hmm. and so when you call yourself a trail mix it's it's confusing for a lot of people and so what i see for sure is i always strived to be the alpha for sure Mm -hmm. and i felt like i was like similar very similar to you i was very confident Uh, i knew i was capable of whatever it was that was coming my way or that i had to accomplish i was eager to lead but i think when I look through the, the definitions of alpha, a lot of times that dominant and domineering thing is not something I was ever really involved in. I wasn't dominant in a situation. If I was, it was I was dominating my own personal performance. I wasn't dominating other people's performance. Right. And so I think that's where I often disconnected with this alpha concept. And I never looked into it when I was younger. I never understood it. I just knew of it. I knew it was out there. The funny thing about this is doing the research, and I don't know if a lot of people know this, but the word alpha originated from chimpanzees. So this isn't coming from like, oh, we decided to have this as a characteristic of humans. No, it started with chimps. <laughs> it started with monkeys. <laughs> and then we find it in you know the spaces like wolves. We know that there's that. And wolf pack thing. Wolf pack thing for sure. And society started like that. So it makes sense. And then the sigma is actually the lone wolf of the pack. So a leader for sure, but just kind of that mysterious person. And sometimes I felt that way too. I felt, well, even sometimes I do. Sometimes I feel like a lone wolf in the world where I'm just doing my own thing and not really conforming in a way. But I always definitely try to steer away from beta. And I never wanted to be a B. Like who wants to be a B if you could be an A, right? You don't want to go into a test and hope for a B. You want to hope for an A. And so I try to, I think, do that for sure. And without realizing that there are, like you said, a lot of qualities in beta that are actually really great. And I enjoyed like friendliness and loyalty, you know, loyalty is a big one. It's a huge one. And it's not to say that alphas aren't loyal, but in the beta space, that's more of their dominant characteristic. They're like naturally loyal. Exactly. And alphas are loyal mostly to themselves. And so there's a differentiator between selfless and, and um, being more focused on other people in that loyalty space. So it was very interesting. I like that letter grade thing that you're kind of doing because that's kind of how it resonated, right? It's like you aim to be an A, you get a B, 
But next time you show up to bat, you're trying to get an A again. Like, it's not like no one's comfortable. You don't want to settle with a B. But then if you look back, a B is not that bad of a letter grade in general. It's, it's, if you get a B and you can consistently get a B across the board every time you show up, that's not bad. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's where it was looked at as negative. It's like it's looked, it almost looked at as an F when it's not really an F. It's a B. Mm-hmm. Um, the best example of this kind of alpha beta, and I'm not going to say alpha beta. I'm going to say maybe more like alpha sigma or I guess I'll let you guys kind of, I'm not going to assume that I know exactly what it is. But the best example I have is, is the sport analogy with LeBron James and Dwayne Wade. So when LeBron James came to Miami, it was Wade's county. Right. And that first year they struggled and they an alpha came to town, but there was already an alpha there. Right. But an alpha because our alpha wasn't there. You know what yeah. I mean? Like he was. So we could say that Dwayne Wade may be a sigma. Maybe he leads because he's like he has to lead and he knows he needs to lead. And when he looks around the room, he's like, I got to be the guy here. But then a guy like LeBron James shows up and he's like, no, I am just this. Like, I don't know anything else. Mm-hmm. I'm, all I know is how to be in the front of the pack and that's all I've ever been and that's who I am. And they talk about it. It's, it's well documented, this conversation that they had in the off season of, I gave the keys to LeBron James and mm-hmm. said, hey, this is not working with us like doing this back and forth thing where this is my Wade County, but you're here and you're definitely, you know, the best player here. And you're like, you know, and then they had that conversation. And that's where I want to say that this hierarchy thing, it's, that's one way to look at it, like alphas, betas, and put it into a hierarchy. But another way to look at it is also just when you understand kind of that spot that you play in this role or you guys self-identify and it's like, okay, you do this and I'll do this. And you kind of compart- like you pick your roles and you play in them. That's when they started winning chips. Mm. That's when they started winning because they, they had had that conversation and said, hey, listen, I understand that this is Wade County, but you're here. Here are the keys. You lead us. And I'll do whatever I got to do to kind of get behind you and lead from behind you. And I can still be my own type of leader, but you take that spot and I'll take this spot. And they started winning chips, you know? So it's kind of like, for me, it's like, I see the hierarchy thing. I see that maybe that's how it kind of originated, but I also see the power in just being able to identify with something and know kind of your spot in it all, you know? Cause I feel like that ultimately that camaraderie, that chemistry does lead to a better expression and a better outcome for the total group Mm -hmm. um and so that's just like that's an example i've always kind of resonated with and have always was like i don't need to be an alpha i just need to find out where i fit in this puzzle and if i need to lead sure i'll lead and just just having the skill sets of all of them Mm -hmm. and trying to be that trail mix and showing up and being like okay today i I need more almonds i got to be more alpha you know what i mean or Mm -hmm. today i need to be more of this or today i need to be more of that but have it all and don't just like just hold true to one kind of narrative because mm-hmm. I think you could learn a lot from the other ones. 100%. And that's where the, like, the compartmentalizing, it seems like it's necessary in order to be like, this is who I am and to find out who we really are. But in reality, you know, these concepts, this alpha, this sigma, this beta are often more referred to in the men's space for sure, but they don't have to be. And they're more just... Basically characteristics that are compiled into one thing. That's all they really are. They're just characteristics. That's how they start. And then they're placed into this as in like one generalization. The way that I see, or I actually came across a funny photo, an alpha male, if you guys don't know sports well, think of the movie Hitch. When you watch the movie Hitch, there is a very clear and evident alpha male. And that is Will Smith. Yes, you got it right. Will Smith is clearly the alpha in that movie. He's the dominant one. 
He is very domineering. And if you think about it, he always has things planned. He has a, he's got it figured out in retrospect to a lot of other guys, or at least from what they see. And he goes and he finds what you could consider a beta male. Very passive, not very confident, not someone who's an action taker, not a natural leader. And he takes those guys and he tries to turn them into alphas. And in the process of that movie, the funny part is Will Smith ends up learning a lot from the beta and realizes that there's a lot of value in authenticity. A scene I remember is when they were trying to teach each other how to dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Will Smith was like, "What? okay, dance. And he does all like this crazy spins and this worm and he's on the ground and doing all these things and he slaps him across the face <laughs> and says, don't ever do that again. Yeah. <laughs> Love that scene. And he just, what he gives him is this kind of calm, casual, you know, dance back and forth. And that's a beautiful thing, right? That's, that's a basic move. But what he stopped him from doing was expressing his authenticity, which is that sometimes expressive moment, right? So it was very cool to have that relation. And if you don't know the movie Hitch, think about the show Friends and think about Ross. Is Ross an alpha? Mm, you more know? of a beta. Yeah, he's more of a beta. But you know what? Who doesn't love Ross? So likable. So lovable. Absolutely. You all, you all, everyone watching this likes Ross. I don't think there's any, I mean, you probably like all characters, but everyone also likes Ross and Ross is considered a beta. Nothing against that character, but that's just what he comes across, right? Very open to his uh, emotions, very expressive, very loving, very kind, very caring. And so I think what you said earlier and, and to attest to for me as well is I'm just trying to become the best human I can be. I'm not trying to become the best alpha or the best Sigma, or to not be a beta. I think it's just taking the characteristics you find that you value and embodying them. Simple as that. And just leveraging your strengths too in that, you know, instead of trying to fit a box that you don't fit in, express the box you fit in well, Mm -hmm. you know, and show up well in the areas in which you, people appreciate you and you appreciate yourself. And like you said, your value system, like if you value something, there's no point of really changing the value system um, in terms of trying to fit a box because of what you want, you know, I think that it's, you're, you're better off being authentic because there's nothing worse than getting into a situation or being put in a situation where you look around and people are looking for you for something that you've kind of manifested or you kind of, sorry, manifest is the bad word. You've, you curated to fit the group, but it's not true to who you are. Mm. That is, I feel like the worst position to be in in life is when you are in a situation because of a place that you pretended to be in and it doesn't even actually really resonate with you deep down. You're like, now you're, now you're faking it. Yeah. You, and then you, you put live on in a mask that you don't feel comfortable in. Oh, and I think you know where it actually comes up a lot is dating. Mm. You put on a hat, you put on like an expression because you're like, I want to, I want to impress this girl. And then you try to become something that you're not. And then halfway through, you're like, this person likes me for what I'm not. And, and it gets so difficult to try to like now be like, oh, I'm not even that person. Like, I'm actually more like this, you know? And I think that you're better off just going out there, showing your best. If, the da- if you're the worm person, do the worm. If you're, if you're a sidestep person, do the sidestep. And whatever that attracts, at least you know that that person came to you based on 100% how you actually are. Mm-hmm. And you never have to... The best relationships I've ever been in, the best relationships I've ever had are the ones where I'm not faking it at all. I just show up and I'm like, these people actually genuinely like me for exactly who I am. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that discovery phase, when you're discovering yourself as a person, sometimes you put on different faces to see kind of what different results you'll get. And then sometimes you get results from a crowd and you're like, oh, I like these results, but I'm so fake right now. 
And you have to really ask yourself, do I commit to this or do I just get out of there and find a more authentic path? You know, right. find, find the results that I can get where I don't have to really change myself that much. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like you start really winning in life because you're waking up and it feels like that. It's got that effortless feel. You're like, I'm like, I'm not pretending to be funny. I'm just, you know, I'm just, this is who I am. And these right. people like me for that. Right. It's that full authentic expression that we really want to focus on and not trying to compartmentalize ourselves into alpha, beta or sigma. Um, it definitely blocks a lot of creativity and it blocks a lot of authenticity and I do, you know, I, I can relate in relationships. I, the most common thing we do when we get into that space is on both sides, we want to come in as an alpha, female and male. You want to come in as that overly confident, that person who knows exactly what they want, what they're doing, because you want to impress, right? That's how often a lot of relationships start is you're in an impress phase. And instead of impressing with who you already are, you're impressing with who you hope to be or that you want to be or that you think they'll like. And that steers yourself far away from who you actually are, which I know is kind of what you were aligning with. So why do you think that is? Is it, is it, is it because of like media really, or like how things are like, I think for men, it's, there's a specific type of person we're told we need to be. And, and in all avenues, I feel like every time there's a title or whatever, there's always a description that comes with it. Like, to be this as a man, you have to fit this. Mm. And we're just like all trying to fit boxes all the time. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're not in a box, then where are you? It's kind of how they make it out to be. It's like, if you don't can't, if you can't fall into line with one of these things we've given you, then you are no longer validated in who you are. I had a really good conversation on an Instagram live about men in relationships. And in there, we talked about this compartmentalizing. And you know, one of the biggest problems that men face in relationships is they when we grow up, we're given characteristics to be. We're not given options as to what we can choose and pick from. We're told right out of the gate, this is what you should be. And if you're not these, you're not a man. So here are your characteristics, be them. And as we grow older, we fall, we try to fall in line with these things, but a lot of them don't really resonate with us. They don't feel good. They don't feel true to us because not all of us are this. Mm-hmm. We're all our own human being. We're all unique and have our different strengths and weaknesses. And so as we grow older, some people just live their entire lives fitting into this one, I'm a man box and never steer away from fully expressing themselves. And that's scary. And when you're constantly trying to conform to somebody else's values and norms that aren't yours, you constantly detach yourself from yourself and that's stressful and that's painful and your soul is asking you what the hell are you doing why are you doing that that doesn't feel good to you stop doing that and you're like well society told me it's right though so i'm probably going to go with them because it's the the most common answer and you constantly do that and then sure enough you get anxiety you get depression you get loneliness because you don't feel true to yourself anymore and i would believe that's one of the main causes as to why men are more likely to commit suicide because they have no idea who they are and aren't given the option to find that out. Or even even worse, when you when you are fitting those boxes and you're actually getting results, but now you're like just living a pure lie. And then now it's you can't keep it up anymore. Right. You get to a point where you start crumbling because you're like, I have to upkeep this personality that is not actually me. But I'm getting rewarded for this personality. I'm getting acknowledged for this personality. I'm finding the acceptance and I'm getting, you know, I feel like 
I have a purpose because of this personality that I've created, but it's not my actual personality. And it's, it just, you, you get into that lone wolf place super quickly when you just like want to go, no, nah, I don't want to do that. I'm going to do my own thing. And then now it's this, bo- it's this battle is how I know how to get acceptance. I got, I got to be this person, but I don't want to be that person. Right. And that's, that's the toughness. That's where it gets tough. And just to clarify, because I think there is confusion between like, let's just say if we have to put it on a hierarchical space, alpha and sigma in the, the retrospect of the hierarchical triangle at the very top, they consider alpha to be at the top. Naturally, we understand that, right? Because they're the leader of the group and they're the most confident, right? Below that, then obviously there's beta, alpha, beta. But outside of the hierarchy, literally not even in the triangle is sigma. So if you think of the top of the triangle, in there is alpha, go to the right of the triangle in an open space on the piece of paper and write sigma. That's where a sigma male lands. They, they choose to not be part of the hierarchy. So they're very non-conforming and they're very open to adventure and with anything that we've talked about what is very important to remember is that all of these qualities are beautiful you know in the alpha space being confident and having things figured out and knowing what to do and you know having all the answers those are beautiful lone wolf sigma right like high iq again self-confident beta friendly and kind but what all of these spaces focus on or should be focused on is any characteristic taken to an extreme can be unhealthy. Right. Confidence is a beautiful thing, but in reality, take confidence to the extreme and now you're just cocky. And that's, that's not it. And that's not it. Exactly. Right. So it's about where we find the healthy balance for ourselves in these. We don't have to be them, but on some level, confidence is a huge part of our lives, but are you taking it to the extreme or are you not validating it at all? Where's the middle ground for yourself? Mm-hmm. Lone wolf. You don't want to be part of the hierarchy. That's beautiful. But do you live in a Westernized society? Because if you do, then you need to understand how you balance that lone wolf with the world you live in. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you could go and live somewhere else where you can just live off the land and do your own thing. And that's beautiful. But you have to understand that choice for yourself. What kind of lone wolf are you? What kind of sigma are you? Things like that. We don't want to you know, take an even beta, friendly and kind. Sometimes you can take that to the extreme because it's fake. Because now you're trying to put on a show with it. It's not actually who you are anymore. So with any of these things that we're giving you, any of these traits. Or like reserved, right? They say that betas are very mm, reserved. Right. You take that to the extreme, you're just like absent. Yeah, you're, you're, sleep, just, you're don't constantly have, you're sleeping. Just, you're just so shy that you, don't, you have no opinion. You know, you could be reserved as a leader just to kind of, you know, open up the space for other people. Right. But if you're so reserved that you have no opinion and you're so quiet and you're, you're absent, then there's your, 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 your expression is lost. Yeah. Who you are is lost. So, and we're all here to serve in some way. And so, you know, recognizing if I'm being highly reserved and highly submissive in those spaces, it's like, okay, well, am I providing any value at this point now? You know, am I serving anybody at any point? Am I even serving myself? Because I have ideas, I have opinions, I have value in this world, but am I expressing that? Am I giving that gift back to the world? So we did a lot of talking today, A squared, about Alpha, Beta, Sigma, right? I think those are the ones that people can find relatively easy. They've heard about before and they're very powerful and they're usually where people align with. However, gentlemen, we're going to throw you for a loop a little bit. We're going to jump into uh, next week's episode with the last three 
of these personality types because there are three more. So the PQ leading into next week is do you resonate with these three that we just give gave alpha, beta, sigma, or do you think you are an omega, a delta, or a gamma? Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Modern Masculinity Podcast. If you haven't yet, please download, subscribe, leave a review. But most importantly, if you took any value out of this episode or you enjoyed this episode, please post and share with your close family and friends. You can follow us at our online IG account, which is at Modern Masculinity. Make sure the C is a K. Remember, we're trying to represent the mask that men wear. So at Modern Mask Unity Podcast. You can also follow us on our private socials. Mine is at Coach Kyle Rushton. And mine is Anwar Ahmed Four. And uh, any kind of post share that you do helps us kind of build this community one listener at a time. So we appreciate um, all your efforts. And remember, we're here with you. And we are standing tall beside you in this arena of misunderstood masculinity. Until next time, peace.